Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Ken loves talking about cars and automotive trends. And here he is, the automotive host with the most, Ken Chester. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Welcome to hour number two of Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. I'm your host, Ken Chester. Thanks for tuning in. Up for discussion this hour, is planned obsolescence a thing we examine? Heads up for members of our military forces, we're going to talk about pending changes to the Military Lending Act that you need to be aware of. And then finally, we end the hour with a study that compares credit scores with the cost of car insurance by state. All of that, and of course, <coughs> and rummaging around for news tidbits from the parts bin in a moment. If you happen to be a first-time listener and want to add your voice to the conversation, it's easy. Call or text me on the Roadworthy Driveline, that number, 872-222-9793. If you communicate better via email, my address is ken at roadworthydrive.net. I'm sorry, say that again. <laughs> ken at roadworthydrive.net. Get a little Choked emotional. Up. Yeah, yeah, a little, little It's that important. It is. Either way, we'll connect you to me and the show. Now, locked and loaded for this hour are the other members that make up the Roadworthy Drive crew, Jack at the controls and Sasha at mic number two. Mic number uh, two. Uh, how are we doing, peoples? We okay? We're doing great, Ken. How are you doing, Jack? Okay, Sasha. Okay. Somebody's why better do, happy. Why do morning. I have an issue with what he just said? Locked and loaded. What are we, weapons of mass destruction? I am. I'm not. I, I am. You're just along for the ride, though. Uh, yeah, because I'm the adult in the room, and, yes. also, and also, according to Ken, the curmudgeon. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, and not to forget the favorite of the suits. The That's, favorite of the suits. You, you darn hippie, Skippy. Well, there you go. I'm trying to move into that spot, though. You should be aware. And, sir, what is in the parts bin for uh, this hour? I, I've been taught to be uh, to be <laughs> suspicious of the suits. Uh, that's on you. Yeah, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of something counterintuitive here. Okay. Um, it. it when Uber and Lyft started, yep. their whole argument was to replace personal ownership, to basically reduce the number of people riding singly in their vehicles uh, on the road. Okay. okay. That, that was their thing. Seattle just did a study. And I need to preface this study by saying, before I say anything else, that uh, the use of public transportation in Seattle— Mm-hmm. is up. Okay. Use of bicycles and other alternative modes of transportation in Seattle is up. Okay. Now, I say that for a reason. Uber and Lyft are increasing car traffic in Seattle a year by 94 million miles. Okay. Um, what they're saying, uh, and Seattle was one of a nine-city study that was done, um, Uber and Lyft aren't really causing people to drive less. They're pulling passengers who would otherwise walk, take the bus, or, if you can believe it, just stay home. Okay. No, I can believe the just staying home. Yeah. This was this was on 
Seattle driven Seattle area roads last year. Okay, but isn't Seattle kind of known for being eco more eco fam friendly and eco minded though? It is, but if you go against if you consider that, you would think people would be leaving their vehicles at home. Yeah, well, you would think are, that. They are. They're not using they're not. their vehicles. They're using Uber. Yeah. But what and the, actually increased traffic. But what the studying is, is saying is that the only uptick they've seen, even though they've gone the 94 million miles, is probably those people who don't have transportation, who would walk, or quite honestly would just simply stay home. They're putting more cars in the road. Yep. Okay. So, in other words, it's not taking cars off the road. It's actually putting more on the road. Yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Exactly. It's counterintuitive. People took 20 million rides in Seattle with companies like Uber and Lyft. This is according to the Seattle Department of Transportation. Okay. Um, now, Uber and Lyft, uh, they said, in the study of nine major cities, aren't really causing people to drive less. They're pulling people who would, walk, like we said earlier, walk, take the bus, or stay home. Although... Less of an issue in Seattle where transit ridership is booming than it is in other cities which are seeing declining transit ridership. You know what I wonder? What? What has our local transit system done? Is it getting are they getting more riders, less riders, what? I have no idea. And how in the world will we find out this information? You know, I bet if you called them they'd tell you. Do they do they have to publish like a year end report or, um, they, or something? If you recall couple of years back, mm-hmm. um, we actually had our local transportation oh, that's people right. on we air, did. and they talked about their vision plan for 2035 mm-hmm. and talked about a whole variety of ways that they were addressing these issues. Now, it's been a little while, and the technology has been evolving at light speed, and it may be time to have that conversation again there at some go. point um, to just see you know, if it's changed or how their plan is changing against the current reality because that reality that they were dealing with then certainly isn't the reality they're dealing with now absolutely not and that and that's going to continue to change um bear in mind uber and lyft have been in seattle since 2014 and they've blown up so it's interesting to note oh and last thought for you there are twenty-eight thousand what they call uh, transportation network company drivers in King County alone in Seattle, although not all of them are active. Okay. Are you saying the the professional drivers, the limousine Driver, drivers, no. that kind of stuff? Well, drivers like Uber and Lyft okay. drivers. Um, a few interesting statistics. Um, average length of ride, 5.2 miles. How far does a driver travel between rides? Three miles. Um what percentage of Uber and Lyft rides are shared by others? You want to guess at that? In other words, where more than one person is sharing the ride? I have no idea. 60%. What do you think, Jack? 50, 50? 20%. What? Yeah. Wow. So single, just one person in the vehicle. Yep. That mm-hmm. is crazy to Only me. about 40% of the people would have driven or taken a taxi. But my question, Sasha, is are they... Con- do they consider one person truly one person, or are they talking about a couple, oh, right. and then you've got the next one? Right. Well, that would that would be my only question. But that would still be the same thing, even if it's a if it's a married couple or 
uh, in a domestic partnership, or whatever, people are together taking a ride going to the same place. Right. Still the same but, thing. But is no. that one or two people? Don't know, but you're missing the point as opposed to even, okay, two couples or four people right. or three people. That's not happening. Oh, okay. That's the point. Okay. That is exactly the point. Um, let me talk about one other thing in the time we've got left. Uh, Mercedes is doubling down, believe it or not, with a brand new compact sedan. They used to have a compact hatchback called the A-Class. They're actually introducing a brand new A-Class four-door sedan, a smaller car. How small? Right. They said the wheelbase is uh, 70 inches, a length of 179, tight 57 inches, uh, and a wheelbase of 107.4. So that's going to put it down at about probably the, Sh- the Chevy track tracks. Oh, level. no, it'd be a little larger than that. No, this is a car. I know this is a car. Yeah, it'd be a little larger than a track. I think it'd probably be along the sides of between a cruise, probably in a Ma- smaller than a Malibu, slightly larger than a cruise. Okay. Going there. All right. But here's the point. In a world where we are going to SUVs and crossovers, they actually invested money to produce a car. Well, you knew the, the foreign automakers have not given up on cars. Well, the Asian automakers haven't. Um, but this is probably the first European automaker that's brought out a brand new car. Okay. Okay. This is not a reskin. This is not. This is a brand new sedan that they're bringing out in a time when sedans seem to be falling out of favor. And here's the kicker: they're going to build them in Germany and Mexico. Yeah. Okay. Guess where they're coming from if they're going if they're getting built in Mexico? They're coming here. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, mm-hmm. that Mexican plant that they're being built in okay. is a joint venture plant with Renault and Nissan. Fifty-fifty <laughs> oh. joint venture out of out, out of Mexico. Okay. So we'll see if it does well. It's the A-class sedan for Mercedes Benz. Well, but as much It'll trouble as, as much trouble as the domestic automakers have had selling quote small cars. This is kind of interesting. Well, selling cars at all, but we will see. Um, It would be easy to suspect that your vehicle was planned to be obsolete almost from the moment it left the dealer. But is that true? We discuss and debate that topic next. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You're riding shotgun with Roadworthy Drive. Roadworthy Drive is a cornerstone of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You're listening to hour number two. Of Roadworthy Drive, I'm your host, Ken Chester. For those of you who need or want more than your fair share of the road, be sure to check out the show website. That's roadworthydrive.com. Find audio clips of past shows, video clips of our behind-the-scenes antics, and so much more. The website is also a great place to discover where Sasha, Roadworthy Drive's very own social media diva, 
is and what she's posting in the social media universe. She keeps things positive, light and lively between shows. See what she is going to post next, because even I don't know. Well, we had a really good week with the concept cars. Really? Yeah. I'm... And again, Mopar, a little Mopar love for next You know week. what? I decided to go brand specific because I wanted to give people a fighting chance for guessing which car it was. And we actually had a lot of people that were texting, had a wonderful conversation with, uh, with someone that it was nice to actually talk to someone that loves the concept vehicles. Okay. Um, so I went brand specific last week. It was all mm-hmm. Chevys. I, I think... Um, I want equal time. I, you know what? Uh, just for you. Just for you, because, you know, it's your show Um, (laughs) and your pictures Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) and and your Facebook. Yeah. So um, why don't we do Dodge? We'll do Dodge next week. Where's the love for Plymouth? Can we get Plymouth? You know, we get some Plymouth. I will look for. Well, the only thing is about Plymouth. The only one I ever really liked was the. um, Now we're doing concept cars. One one with the wing. One. The Super Sport. Super ah, B, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Plymouth. All right, we'll do that two weeks out. Okay. See, e- 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 even now and then, the talent kind of gets what he wants. <laughs> Once in a while, wants. yeah. <laughs> there you go. For those of you who are truly mobile, you can find us on Google Play and Blueberry Podcasting. Let me start this next topic on a positive note. Here we go. Did you know that Congress passed a law that protects our men and women in uniform? For many types of predatory lending, it's called the Military Lending Act, and it was passed back in 2006. Hmm. And that's the good news. The bad news is that there's a recent move afoot uh, to weaken or eliminate some of those protections. And okay, I want to before talk about you, that. before you yeah. go anywhere, yeah, before I go anywhere, where am I going? I am going to say this because I want to say this. Okay, to those of you in the military that are in now or have served before, thank you for your service to this country. Always. Go on. Okay. Let, let's back up. For those of you that may not know what the Military uh, Lending Act is, let me give you a quick little primer on that. i got all kinds of paperwork here, so I'm ruffling paper. Um, the MLA applies to active duty service members, including those on active guard or active reserve duty and covered dependents. Your rights under this include... A 36% interest cap. You can't charge be charged more than 36%. What they're calling a military annual percentage rate. Yeah, there is a particular percentage rate calculated for military, active military people as opposed to the rest of us. Okay. Which includes the following cost in calculating your interest rate with some exceptions. Finance charges, credit insurance premiums or fees, add-on products sold in connection with the credit, and other fees like application or participation fees, again, with some exceptions. Here's a caveat. Credit card companies don't have to comply, didn't have to comply with it until October 3rd of last year. So it went 12 years before the credit card companies had to comply. Yeah. Now, there's no mandatory waivers of consumer protection laws. A creditor cannot require you to submit to mandatory arbitration or give up certain rights you have under state or federal laws like the Service Members Civil Relief Act. There's no mandatory allotments. Now, an allotment, military members will know what this means, an allotment is an automatic amount of money taken from your paycheck to pay back your loan. A creditor cannot require you to create a voluntary military allotment in order to get the loan. 
In other words, they can't make you set aside money uh, off the top for them to get paid back. Okay. Uh, and then there's no prepayment penalty. A creditor cannot charge a penalty if you pay back part or all of the loan early. Now, that's, what's, that's that. The issue right now has to do, and why we're involved, has to do with something called gap insurance. And we've talked about gap insurance here mm-hmm. on this program. Uh, the rules that are being proposed are to roll back some enforcement. In other words, payday lending is one that they want to basically roll back the protections in the MLA and the Consumer Protection uh, uh, fi- Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, which actually has a military uh, sub uh, part to it mm-hmm. that I didn't know. Um, basically, uh, according to one law fe- professor, and I quote. Uh, making these changes would be manipulating the Military Lending Act regulations uh, uh, to make it easier to sell overpriced ripoff products to military service members. Now, uh, with gap insurance, it's a matter of marking it up. Most people don't realize you can buy that from your regular insurance agent. Which I just did recently. For way less money. Yep. And this is the thing that they want to protect them from. Now, even though these are the type of rules that they want to roll back, which would also allow the existence of maybe rolling in even other products that are overpriced and high priced. Uh, so basically, uh, our military would be losing some financial protections. Why that matters. Uh, for those of you that may not realize, a member of the military can get drummed out of the service for not having their financial, uh, or their financial affairs in order. And something like this that gets out of hand could affect the readiness of a group because they're worried about the bills that they're racking up, the ridiculous interest, whatever. Well, but don't we still have that same problem now? Not like we used to. Okay. The Military Lending Act was designed to prevent that kind of predatory lending like payday loans or overpriced add-ons, things like that. Right now, the issue is that there is proposals afoot to roll some of those protections back. Okay. Who is proposing this? The White House. Okay. Wait a minute. Yeah. We have somebody in that White House right now that has said that he is absolutely 100% pro-military. I have it in black uh, and white. I'm not, but I'm not saying that, that you're not right. But I'm, I'm trying. I'm just trying to figure out how we're playing both sides of this fence. I. This is why I don't do politics. I don't get it. And this is why we don't. The only reason why I'm bringing it up is because one, it affects members of our military. Two, it affects part of when they're out looking for vehicles. And I also need to add not just the military member that's active, but spouses, children, or what they call covered dependents. I'm looking at. The FDIC coverage of what they use to audit banks for compliance to that act. Okay. All I'm saying is we need to keep our eyes open. I wanted to give people a heads up that this is something that's being considered. It hasn't been approved. uh, And that we need to be vigilant. And for the record, there are 49 U.S. senators that are saying we're not with this. Well, thank God for small papers. So I want to say that. Finally. Did you know that in some states your insurance rates are impacted by your credit score? We take a look at a current survey to see just how much. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. We are Roadworthy Drive.
theroadworthydrive.com to check out Ken's blog, listen to past shows, and the times when you can see the show on Facebook Live. Ladies and gentlemen, let it be known that I am probably going to start a pay-per-view starring Ken and Sasha arguing in the studio when I'm trying to get work done. Oh, oh now he's trying to get work done. Right? Yes, There's I'm trying to get work done. There's a concept. Uh, this is the last segment for this second hour of Roadworthy Drive. Thank you for dropping by. I am Ken Chester, still. Um, for this last topic, we're looking over a survey by online credit score website WalletHub. Which about which states where your credit score affects the cost of your car insurance the most, <laughs> as if you needed another thing to worry about. Now, I got a problem with this whole thing. I mean, one, I still don't understand how they make the correlation that my credit score has anything to do with my ability as a safe driver. Because well, of the fact that if you're reckless with your credit, how do we know you're not going to be reckless in your car? Okay, but yeah, here's but define, my thing. Wait a minute. Define reckless, though. Yep. Now, I mean, anybody who's lived a time, and we're all just coming out of this recession for 10 years, and being a small businessman, uh, yeah, it's going to be trash, but that doesn't mean I'm unsafe or careless behind the wheel. I agree with you. But and I'm see, just simply telling you the argument that I've heard heard this way was, hey, if you're reckless with your credit, you're reckless with, with driving. But see, here's my thing. I don't have credit. I've I got either. a zero yeah. because I refuse. I refuse to take out loans. I don't have any credit cards. I have nothing except for my student loans. Now, because of that, even if I wanted to, because recently I was put in a position where I kind of wanted to see if I can get like a loan and then slowly pay it back so I can pay back some bills and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'm not even available to take a loan because, again, I don't have any credit. Now, if they were to assert credit scores off of actual bills, my light bill, my water bill, my phone bill, you know, things that actually freaking matter. Do you have any medical bills? No. Okay. Put a pin in that for me. Right. And when we get off the air here... I will give you some place to go to fix that little problem you have about you have no credit score. Okay, but, but hold on a minute. By the same token, if you're an individual who is very prudent and maybe extremely old school and said, you know what? I don't, I believe, in credit. I don't believe in credit at all. I don't. And I pay cash. Yep. Now, for me, um, I got rid of all my credit cards 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. I've got debit cards in my wallet. I will never, if I can help it. Ever have another credit card in my wallet. Amen. And we were probably better off without them. Yes. So the problem is, so because I'm prudent, actually, and, and, and living within my means, not trying to borrow out to who knows what, mm -hmm. trying to live within my means, I'm being penalized in my insurance. Yeah, I got a problem with that. I but do, too. I want to look at this. Um, here's more than 73, according to WalletHub. More than 73 million Americans do not realize their credit score affects their car insurance rates despite drivers with no credit paying an average of 67% more. 
for coverage than those with excellent credit. Well, now you've also got the other side of the equation. Keep a roof over your head. Try to go try to go rent someplace, and they're pulling your credit to yeah to to rent your house now. Un- unless you live in a smaller town. Amen. And you know when you there are different ways, and we've talked about that here. Uh, that even the credit companies are looking at what Sasha just mentioned. You know, looking at your bills as opposed to your credit card balances as a right. way to determine credit and credit worthiness. Well, because- and, the, and the other thing, too, with your credit rating now, and we just found this out, we've had a couple medical bills mm-hmm. that we had literally forgotten about. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest here. We just forgot about them. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, they're affecting my credit score. And technically, they shouldn't. There's yeah. something else to that. But, but moving, moving on, go ahead. My thing is, is that why does it not count for me that I've never had my power shut off in the you know, over 15 years that I've been living on my own. I've never had my water shut off. I've never had, you know, my phone shut off. Why do these things that actually matter in my day-to-day responsibilities where I have to manage a budget, why does that not work for me? Because we've been so engaged that you've got to, you have to have a credit score to basically be, and and I've heard this. I heard this from a national speaker who I trust, who had said that you have to have a credit score to be, successful okay two things and we'll get back to this one um the credit card i'm sorry credit card the credit score companies are looking at alternatives we've reported that here about a year or so ago yeah i remember two um they're the top five states where credit score affects the car insurance the most number one new jersey number two virginia number three michigan number four believe it or not texas and number five is kind of weird Wisconsin. Really? Mm-hmm. I would have thought California would have been up yeah, there. Thank you. Thank you. California is not even in the top 10 or 11. Wow. No. Number 11? Well, number 10 is Missouri, rounds out the top 10. And I guess it must be a tie because it's an 11. Uh, and Minnesota is number 11. From 6 to 9, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Colorado. Where does Iowa rank in there? Um, Not in the top 10, that's for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Three in ten people mistakenly think their driving record affects their credit score. Well, it doesn't. I don't know why they think that. Um, I disagree with this next one. Other key findings. 83% of people don't think bad credit makes you a bad driver. And actually, I do agree with that. I'm one of the 83%. I don't think bad credit makes you a bad driver. I don't think so either. I would have to agree with you. 40% of people say they're not getting their money's worth from car insurance. Amen. Not sure how to figure that one out. And then finally... The five major auto insurance companies use credit data in 81% of the states in which they operate on average. Do you have the name of those? I'm not going to mention them. Okie dokie. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, now, here's what they did. Uh, this is they, they needed to use uh, a basis. Here's the basis they used to figure this out. One with great credit, one with no credit. Uh, single male. 40 years old, had a license for 24 years, um, has a job that's not eligible for discount, doesn't belong to any memberships, 16,000 miles, annual mileage a year. The car they're driving is a 2012 Honda Accord LX four-door sedan with driver's side airbags, standard performance, no anti-theft device. That's not entirely fair because Accords cost a lot to fix. Yeah. They stay used to. Uh, Typical insurance that they're covering, they're using this. As the average and pricing all this stuff. Okay. Bodily injury coverage, 
50,000, 100,000, 50,000. Right. So it's bodily liability property. Mm -hmm. 5150. Uh, minimum uh, protection or med pay and coverage in states when required. 50,000 uninsured motorists, 50,000 underinsured motorists. Collection with a deductible of 1,000. Comprehensive with a deductible of 1,000. And that's and this stuff ranges anywhere from zero to some states. It could be as much as 150 percent difference in your insurance rate. My, how time flies. We've come to the end of the road again this week. But tune in next week when we do it all again. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This has been Roadworthy Drive. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.